I regularly hear rumors that women are looking for mentors, but the women they ask say no. Just last week, I came across a comment on Instagram where a woman shared that she had approached five women to mentor her, and every single one said no. Welcome to the Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast. I'm Cindy Owenby, your host and women's ministry mentor. I'm the founder of Women's Ministry Toolbox and the author of Rethinking Women's Ministry. The Women's Ministry Toolbox podcast is for women's ministry leaders and team members of all stages from new to seasoned serving in their local church community. If you're looking for hope and inspiration, you've come to the right place. In addition to discussing the nuts and bolts of women's ministry, I'll be asking seasoned women's ministry leaders to share their best tips and the lessons they've learned. Together, we'll learn to build a flourishing, Christ-focused women's ministry. Where have all the mentors gone? Today, we're continuing our series on discipleship by looking at the lack of mentors. Before we dig in, I want to review the definition of mentoring I shared in episode 28. I defined mentoring as the relationship between two believers, which provides biblically sound guidance. The mentor is more spiritually mature and often older than the mentee. Some mentoring relationships are focused on spiritual growth and include Bible study. Other mentoring relationships are focused on living life in a way that honors God. The focus could even be on learning practical skills like cooking. Mentoring often addresses seasonal needs, such as mothering young children and navigating the empty nest. The mentor and mentee might use a resource to guide their time together, and mentoring should include regular in-person meetings, whether that be weekly, monthly, or somewhere in between. I regularly hear rumors that women are looking for mentors, but the women they ask say no. Just last week, I came across a comment on Instagram where a woman shared that she had approached five women to mentor her, and every single one said no. I don't know the details, but I still find it heartbreaking. What prevents women from saying yes when asked to serve as a mentor? Let's talk through what those barriers might be, as well as some ways to remove those barriers so women are more likely to say yes. Here are three reasons women are reluctant to mentor. Number one, they don't feel equipped. Many potential mentors admit they just don't feel qualified to teach someone else. They don't know how to teach someone else to read the Bible because they don't know how to read the Bible on their own. They don't know how to teach someone else to pray because they struggle to pray. They don't feel equipped to share their testimony or story of how they came to know Christ as their personal Savior, so they're not confident in leading someone else to Christ. Every one of those skills mentioned can be taught, and our women's ministry programs are the perfect place for women to learn those things, to learn how to read the Bible on their own, to learn how to pray and to learn how to share their faith. As a matter of fact, I have some resources that will help you in that training process. Be sure you check out my Read Bible Study for Groups as well as my Prayer Warrior Bootcamp for Groups. I'll post the link in the show notes to some helpful resources on sharing faith stories too. Perhaps 
your team needs to spend a year preparing women to mentor before launching a mentoring program so you don't get those no's but instead get lots of yeses. Here's the second reason women are reluctant to be a mentor. They feel they don't have the time. Most of us have time to spend on the things that are important to us. The excuse of time could be an issue of priorities, or it could be the consequences of a busy season in life. A potential member may be dividing their time between a job, husband, aging parents, and grandbabies. A potential mentor may need a perspective shift. Mentoring can be done while doing life. Invite your mentee to go to the grocery store to cook dinner with you or sit at a soccer game together. If we are truly committed to being Titus to women, we can make and find the time to mentor others. Years ago, three of us spent about two months praying weekly for an upcoming women's ministry conference. I am not an early bird, but the one time we could find that would work with all three of our schedules was 6 a.m. We were able to return home before husbands left and children needed to get off to school. It was a sacrifice for a season, but those mornings were some of the sweetest prayer times, and there was a lot of mentoring happening during those early morning sessions. Think outside of the box. If God is calling you to mentor another woman, trust that he will help you find a way. Do you feel like something's missing in your women's ministry? Are you struggling to reach every age group? Is your attendance lacking? Your ministry might need a makeover. The Women's Ministry Makeover Training takes leaders through the four phases of the Women's Ministry Makeover process, helping them to identify specific areas that may need to be renoed, demoed, or added. God wants our Women's Ministry programs to be fruitful and flourish, but we have to be willing to peel back the carpet and wield a paintbrush to transform our ministry into his vision. I'll be opening the doors for the Women's Ministry Makeover Training in mid-January of 2022. To get on the wait list, visit womensministrymakeover.com. And the third reason I believe women struggle to be mentors is they're afraid. They may be afraid to share their failures with another woman. They may be afraid their mentee will discover the lack of depth in their spiritual walk. They may be afraid of getting it over their head. Most of those fears and others you might be thinking of, they're rooted in pride. Mentees rarely expect a mentor to have all the answers, but they do expect mentors to point them to the one that does have all of the answers, God. It can be helpful to remember Mentors are not counselors. Few mentors have the degree or the training that a counselor has. Mentors, they're good listeners. They may ask thought-provoking questions. They don't have to offer advice, unless there's a safety issue, such as in the case of abuse. Mentors make referrals to counselors and other services that are qualified and trained to help in areas that they are not. In addition to equipping our women on the front end to mentor, we can also use mentoring materials to guide the mentoring process. Many years ago, the women's ministry team in the church I was serving in set up a separate team to launch our mentoring program. 
we spent months reviewing a large number of resources. We ordered materials, we reviewed them, we passed them around, we listed out the pros and cons for our church, and we covered the entire process in prayer. The number of mentoring resources available can be a bit overwhelming. Well, there are two resources I want to offer up for your prayerful consideration. While both might be considered discipleship, I view them as more mentoring focused. Scripture anchors both, but the focus is on growing, not just in knowledge, but in relationship with one another. The first mentoring resource I'd suggest your team consider is Growing Together, Taking Mentoring Beyond Small Talk and Prayer Requests by Melissa Kruger. Growing Together offers nine chapters of curriculum for mentors and mentees. As Melissa explains in the introduction, the curriculum cycles through topics about relationship with God, living in community as believers, and our engagement in the world. Each chapter concludes with questions for the mentor and mentee to discuss during their time together. Meeting monthly, participants would complete the book in nine months. You can find a more detailed review of Growing Together on the Women's Ministry Toolbox website, and I'll put a link in the show notes. The second resource that I'd suggest you add to your review list is Flourish. It's a resource created by Passion City Church. Flourish is a one-year, a 12-month commitment. Mentors and mentees will each need a Flourish journal. Year one of the Flourish program, two have been released so far, explores what God's Word says about prayer, identity, calling, kinship, and gratitude. Each week includes five scripture readings and journaling prompts. Both of these resources can be used for one-on-one mentoring or in a small group format. I've compiled a list of additional mentoring resources on the Women's Ministry Toolbox website to help you in your search. I'll post the link in the show notes. As with all resources, please vet them thoroughly against God's Word and the beliefs of your church. As we encourage our women to live out the call to be Titus 2 women, may our search for solid resources reflect Titus 1.1, which says, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Here are today's toolbox tasks. Number one, make a list of the mentoring barriers women in your church may need to overcome. Number two, make a plan for preparing women to serve as mentors. Even if your team has no plans to implement a formal mentoring program, we have a responsibility to equip our women to successfully live as Titus II women. I pray this episode has challenged us to make sure that our women feel equipped to mentor others. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast. Leading in women's ministry can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. You'll find support and ideas you can use in the Women's Ministry Toolbox Community Facebook group. We'd love for you to join us. Search for us on Facebook or visit womensministrytoolbox.com slash groups to access the link. May the grace of God carry you through difficult ministry seasons. May He direct your steps as you seek to make Him known. And may your love for the Lord be apparent to every woman you serve. Thank you.